0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It is good to see each and every one of you here. And if you're our guest, if it's your first time at NCC or If you're watching online for the first time, let me start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're glad that you're worshiping with us. This is the third week in this series called Step Out, and in this series, we're walking through the books of the Bible, we're walking through Scripture together, and we're looking at the lives of people in the Bible, and we're seeing how God was challenging them to step out from past insecurities, from fears that they may have had, even from failures in their past. And God was calling them into his plan and his purpose and his desires for their life. And so we're taking those stories and then looking at our life. And even thousands of years later from when these stories were first written, what is God challenging us with? What is it that God is calling us to step out into? And what does that look like? How do we apply this word to our life? And so we've been walking through some great messages in this series, and we're going to continue to do that. And Step Out is a part of our Made for More campaign where we started in Genesis and we're walking through the Bible together and we've declared some things. We started in September and we've said, hey, Scripture is going to shape my life. So we've made that statement. Scripture is going to shape my life. We've said, hey, my growth is my responsibility. Each of us should be moving forward in our relationship with God. And we're owning that. We've said, I'm going to change the world. And it starts here. And we've said, I can't stay here. And so we're going to be giving and supporting and serving the vision that God has called us to as a church so we can move forward. And a part of that growth, a part of your growth is that we've talked about it. It's conversations with people who maybe yet haven't come to that place of faith. It's people, it's vitally important for each of us. It doesn't matter if you've just given your heart to Jesus or you've been serving God and been in the church for over 20 years. It's vital for each of us that we continue to share our faith, to share our story of what God has done in our life with people who may be far away from God or just asking questions about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we know here at the Christmas season People's hearts are open, and so we want to share with you an opportunity, and I want to challenge you with the way that we can do this, an opportunity that we saw. Um, this, sun, or this Christmas happens to fall on a Sunday morning, okay, or on a Sunday, and so we were looking at, hey, what are we going to do together as the church? And I pictured this scenario that many of you may be e- either out of town or you may be with family or friends, and if they don't regularly go to church, it may be difficult to get them up on that Christmas morning and have them come here to a service. And so we want to bring the Christmas story and the hope of Christmas to your home wherever you're at. And so what we're going to have is we're going to have an online service. Um, It's going to be a short time where we're going to sing Christmas carols together, where I'm going to be sharing the Christmas story, and I'm going to be bringing just a short challenge of what God wants to do as we remember and reflect on the Christmas story together. And this is our hope. This is what we want you to do is it's going to be a lot easier to get up. Stay in your pajamas, okay? Grab a cup of coffee or hot cocoa, get around the fireplace or the Christmas tree and invite those that are with you. Whether, once again, you're in a distant place, whether you're at a relative's house or whether you're right here, you guys gather together and um, spend those moments starting off your day reflecting about the Christmas story. Now, you may have different traditions, so it may be better to do this on Christmas Eve before Christmas morning, or you may do it Christmas afternoon. But I wanna challenge you, and this is our prayer is that as you do this, that it would open up those conversations that we just talked about, that even people who are far away from God or they don't regularly go to church, that you would have the opportunity through this short video just to begin to discuss with them what their hopes are for the next year, what it is that God wants to do in their life as they move into the next year. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to be praying for you that as we all do this, that God would use this presentation to really bring hope and to bring a change in people's heart who may be asking questions about what it means to follow after Jesus. So will you guys do that with me? Yes? Okay. And we're going to believe that God would do that, that God would allow those conversations to happen. Now, as I mentioned, Christmas is a season of hope, right? It's a time where we think about that or where we experience that. In our subdivision, um, we live in a subdivision called Fox Hollow. They do different events. And I was thinking about the hope of Christmas um, yesterday, our kids went to this thing that they had where you could take photos with Santa, okay? And you guys may do something like that with kids or grandkids that you have. And so um, they went over there, and whenever Sophie, one of our daughters, whenever she came back... Um, We were talking about what she did, and so she's like, I got in Santa's lap, and I took a picture. She's like, I started telling him all of this stuff that I wanted for Christmas. And she starts going down her Christmas wish list, right? What she's hoping for at Christmas. And one of the other kids um, looked at her and said, why did you do that? And she's like, it's because he told me to. And so she has this hope, this innocence as a child, that that if she'll do that, right, that if she shares her Christmas wish with Santa, that those things will magically appear um, under the tree on Christmas morning, And I thought, as adults, we don't really do that anymore, right? Like, I don't know if many of you that are older took time this year to kind of write a letter to Santa or to write down your Christmas list. Um, Hope isn't something that we think of in that same context that we do as kids. And that's because probably as adults, we've gone through maybe a lot more difficult times or we face situations. We've had disappointment in our past, and we can lose that hope, even around the Christmas season, even around a holiday like this, hope can be lacking from our life. And I want us to look at scripture this morning and, and look at the story of someone that had lost hope and what God was calling him into, what God was challenging him with um, in this idea of stepping out. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to First Kings chapter 19 and verse 9. We're going to look at the life of a man named Elijah, and if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over, and you can open that Bible and turn to page 171, and I want to encourage you to do that and kind of follow along with us as we look at this part of the life of Elijah. And once you have that, hold on to that for just one moment, and I'll give you a quick picture of what's taking place in the book of 1 Kings, in case you're unfamiliar with that book of the Bible. Um, God's people are being led by a king and a queen um, right around chapter 19 named King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, okay? If you've ever heard anyone get mad at a lady and call her a Jezebel, this is who they're referring to, okay? This is where the reference started. And Jezebel, she was a wicked woman, okay? So she led the people of God, um, Israel, she led them away from the one true God, and she set up all of these altars, all of these false idols, and she encouraged the people to come and to worship this false god named Baal. Not only she, did she do that, but we find out she was an adulteress and a murderous woman, okay? So um, if she had anything, and there's stories in the Bible where someone had a plot of land, someone had a vineyard, and Jezebel wanted it, and so she just went out and killed them. She had this person killed, okay? So this is not a pleasant lady. The queen is not a good queen. The king is not a good king. And they have turned the the hearts of the people away from God, away from the one true God, and caused them to worship other gods. And so the nation is in disarray. And God raises up this prophet named Elijah. And Elijah sees God do amazing things. Elijah is a man of faith. And so he prays. And when he prays, it doesn't rain in the nation for three years at the word of the Lord. And then when Elijah prays again, all of a sudden it starts to rain again. This is a man of faith. This is a man of prayer. He, um, one day he calls, just before we're getting ready to jump into the story, he calls 400 prophets of Baal to this top of this mountain. And he says, if your God is real, then let's worship him. But if the God of the Bible, if the God of Israel is real, Yahweh, if he's real, then let's worship him. And so they set up these two altars. They erect these two altars, and each of them are trying to get a sign from God that that he's true. And the prophets of Baal, they start to cut themselves. They start to pray for hours. They're chanting. They're doing all of these things, and nothing happens. And Elijah just prays this simple prayer. God, show up today. Show your people that you're real. Lord, demonstrate to them your power and who you are. And all of a sudden, fire falls from heaven. It consumes the altar. The rocks are totally annihilated. They're gone. The water in this trench around it, it's gone. The fire consumes everything. And the people of God, their hearts start to turn back to God. They turn on the prophets of Baal. Elijah saw amazing things in his life. God do miraculous things through him. But when we come up on the story of Elijah, it's not a celebration for him. This is just a few weeks later from that moment that I just described, this moment on this mountaintop. But now Elijah is running for his life. And he's come to this place of depression. He doesn't even wanna live anymore. He's basically pray- praying these prayers. God, I'm done with this. Just take my life. Let this be over. I just want to go to heaven. He's lost hope in what God has called him to do. And this is where we pick up the story. He's on the side of this mountain. First Kings chapter 19, verse nine says this. And there Elijah came to the cave, and he lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. That's important. The word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' And he said, "'I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, "'for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, "'torn down the altars, and killed your prophets with, with the sword. "'And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away.'" And God said to him, go stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind, tore the mountain and broke it in pieces before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind, though. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave and behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And once again, he said, I've been jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and killed the prophets with the sword and I, even only I am left and they seek my life to take it. And God said to him, go return on your way through the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king of Syria and Jehu, the son of Nemesh, to be appointed king over Israel and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint to be a prophet in your place. The one who escapes the sword of Hazel shall Jehu put to death and the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees who have not bound to Baal and and every mouth that has not kissed him. So I read this, and I was thinking about this idea of step out and what God's been challenging us with. And I thought, man, we could preach this message, step out in prayer, right? Like step out, and we could talk about the life of Elijah, how he was a man of prayer and a man of faith, and he called that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for over three years, and everything that God did for his life. I thought, you know what, we could talk about great faith, right? Step out in faith and how he calls down fire from heaven. But I read this passage and I thought, man, there's something here that's unique. There's something that I think God wants to speak to us this morning about stepping out with what Elijah was going through, with what was taking place. I mean, you look at what's, what's happened and what I've just described to you, he should have been celebrating, right? I mean, it hadn't rained and then he prays and it rains. There's all of these false prophets, and he brings them up on top of the mountain, and Baal can't deliver anything, this false god, and God shows up and fire falls down from heaven, and all of these amazing things are happening. You look at Elijah's life, and time and time again, you think, man, this guy should be on the mountaintop, right? He should be celebrating, not depressed, not wanting to give up on life. When the news reporter showed up and said, hey, Elijah, fire has fallen from heaven and it's starting to rain again. What are you going to do now? He should have said, I'm going to Disney World. Like this is celebration time, man. This is like the Super Bowl, man. I'm so excited. But he's not. He's by himself. He's isolated himself. And God, when he comes to him and God starts to speak to him, he's like, Elijah, what are you doing here? This isn't the place that I've called you to. This isn't what it's required of this moment in your life. Like all of these things have happened, and I'm thinking God's saying, man, you should be down there if the people aren't worshiping Baal anymore. They need a voice from God that's going to speak hope into their life. They need someone that's going to bring direction. They need you as a prophet to lead them, and you're up here on the mountain by yourself. Elijah, you've seen my provision. What are you doing here? You've seen me show up time and time again, and you're fearful of your life, but haven't I protected you before? Why are you in this place, Elijah? See, this should have been a time of celebration, but Elijah is caught up in this moment of fear and of despair in his life. And yes, there were true things going on around him, but he had seen God show up in so many different ways. And the thing that I noticed in this, that God was speaking to Elijah, is Elijah just didn't need another celebration. He didn't need another sign from God. Like there was the earthquake, right? But God wasn't in that. There was the fire. There was this massive wind. There were all of these kind of mighty things happening, but God wasn't in them. Elijah didn't need to see more of that. He already had seen a lot of that. What did he need? He needed the voice of God in his life. And God's speaking to him, God's calling out to Elijah and God's saying, Elijah, step out into hope. Step out into hope. I'm not done with you yet. I have a calling, I have a purpose for you. I'm still doing something in your life. Elijah, give up the despair, give up the fear that has crippled you, give up these things and begin to step out into the hope that I am calling you into, into the future and the plans and the purpose that I have for your life. See, I think we find ourselves, like Elijah, we find ourselves in that difficult place when we get caught up in everything that's going on around us. And even at this holiday season, even at Christmas time, it can be like that inside of our lives, like there's all of the busyness, right? There's Christmas party after Christmas party, and there's all of these things that we're celebrating what Christmas is about, but we're so busy, we're missing out on what God is speaking into our life. And the busyness, the earthquake, the fire, the whirlwind of your life can distract you from the hope that is truly there, it can distract people around you in your workplace and where you're at. It can distract them from the hope that is truly there. We find ourselves in Elijah's place when we allow fear to take over our life. He was fearful. He was afraid that somehow the queen was going to turn on him or that the revival that was happening in Israel, this change of heart that was happening with the people of God, What if it doesn't last? What if they somehow come after me now? And Elijah had allowed fear to take over his life. I was, yesterday morning, I had my cell phone on the little nightstand beside my bed. And whenever I woke up, I woke up to about six or seven kind of text alerts. And I follow different news feeds on my phone. And so they were going off with all of these reports of like what's happened this week and what's the top news things that have happened this week. And I sat there, and as I kind of glanced over those, I thought, man, it's, it's so weird because just a few weeks ago, the media and everyone was declaring, hey, the world's going to be in a horrible place if Hillary gets elected, and then the other half was declaring the world's going to be in a horrible place. It's going to crumble if Trump's elected, right? And, and it's all going to fall apart, and, and all of this is going to happen, but we're here weeks later, and I've not heard about anyone moving out of the country. I don't know if you have, right? Right or and it doesn't seem like the world's falling apart political things are still happening and and all of these things are taking place but but they're still trying to feed us fear they're still trying to feed that fear in our life that that there's a hopelessness in our world and that there's no way out there's no light at the end of the tunnel and and when we allow ourselves to be taken in by that it cripples us see that's what fear does fear cripples and controls us and hope directs and sets us free fear will cripple you and it will control you fear caused elijah not to be in the place that god had called him that's why he's saying elijah what are you doing here you should be down with my people you should be directing their hearts back to me you should be teaching them how to worship the true god but fear had crippled him and he's isolated on a mountain by himself without any hope fear got a hold of his life and was holding him captive But when God starts to speak hope, what does it bring? It brings direction to Elijah's life. This is what I'm calling you to. This is what I want you to do. This is the direction that I'm sending you. It sets him free. He doesn't have to be isolated anymore by himself, but he can go into what God is calling him into his life. Fear cripples and controls us. Hope directs us and sets us free. What are you doing? Are you stepping out into hope, church? Are you stepping out into what God has called you to do and what God is challenging you in your life? That's the challenge that we have this morning in this holiday season. Are we willing to step out into hope? Are we letting chaos and busyness distract us from God's voice and from what he's saying in our life? Are we allowing fear to grip us and to control us or are we stepping out into hope, into what God wants to do in our life, into what God is calling us into? See. I think sometimes we have hope, but I think we direct it in different ways at times. And you may know people or you may be in this situation where this holiday season, like you, your hope is in finances, right? It's in some big Christmas bonus that you may get or that you're hoping to get and you're trying to make things meet. It's in the presents that you're going to buy for other people or that you're going to receive. It's really in your financial status and where you're at and what you have or what you don't have. That's where your hope may be resting at, but that's not a good place or a good thing to have hope in because things come and go. For others of us, our our hope is that somehow 2017 is going to be better than this current year that we're in that somehow um, our mistakes and our failures and those things, we're going to be able to fix them um, by ourselves in 2017. And we're kind of just adding Jesus into the equation. We add church to our life, but we're really not trusting in him. We're really not hoping in him. We're going to try to do it on our own by some resolutions that we set or some New Year's goals. But our hope can't be in ourselves. For others, it's hope of just kind of getting through the holiday and maybe relationships or conversations that we're going to have. And so you and I, we spend time having conversations with ourselves that we should have with other people. How many of you guys do this, right? You're in the shower and you think, well, if they say this, that relative that really bothers me, this is how I'm going to respond to them. Or if they, if they say this, then, then I'm going to come back with this. Or if my boss asks me this, this is what I'm going to... And we end up spending hours and, and time in our day just having conversations really with ourselves. And our hope is that somehow we'll make it through some of the relational difficulties that we have around the holiday season. And Jesus should be our hope. Elijah had hope in his life when he heard the voice of God, when God began to speak to him, and when Elijah wasn't distracted by the earthquake or by the fire or any of that chaos going around in his life, but he could listen to the gentle whisper of God's voice and what God was saying to him. That's the story of Christmas. That's what we're celebrating, right? It's that Jesus is the hope. Whenever God came, it's like in this story of Elijah. He didn't come with big fanfare. Like he didn't throw this big parade and have this king come through, a king that was going to sit on the throne of Israel and was going to rule over them. That's not how God came. When he came, it wasn't with an army marching into Israel that was going to um, overthrow the Roman Empire, was going to destroy them, and it was going to be some conquering hero that was now leading the people of God. That's not how he came. It wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the earthquake. It was in this gentle whisper. It was in this little baby being born. This young child who's wrapped in this cloth and who's laid in a manger, and that's how God enters the world. That's how hope comes into the world. That's what good news for everyone that hears this story. That's what it looks like. It's it's not some big chaotic chaos thing that's going on. It's in this gentle whisper of God speaking, saying, I want to be close to people. It's not a conquering hero. It's a God who says, I'm pursuing a relationship with you. I want to get close to the people that I've created. I want to be near you. I want to restore the relationship that sin has broken. It's not in the big things, you guys. It's in the simplicity of God saying, I want to draw near to people. That's where the hope of the Christmas story is, that he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And when I look at this, when I look at what's taking place with Elijah how hope is being restored, how God is challenging Elijah, step out into hope, let leave the fear behind, leave the depression and the despair behind and step out into hope. There's two things that I see Elijah doing that I think begins to shift his perspective on what's taking place around him. Here's what it is. We step out into hope. Elijah stepped out into hope by reflecting on God's word stepped out into hope by reflecting on God's word. Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, I'm calling you to go. What was it that got him off the mountaintop? He began to listen to what God was saying. He wasn't distracted by all of the chaos and the busyness around him. He listened to the gentle whisper of God's voice, what God was speaking to him. You want to step out into hope? You're going through a difficult time. You have a difficult situation. It happens. Hope enters our life when we begin to reflect on the word of God, when we allow God's word to shape us and to form us. That's what we're doing in Made for More, this NCC Bible reading plan, where all of us together every day, we're reading through the word of God on the app or on the paper copy that we have. We're opening up scripture. Why? Because we want to daily engage with God's word. We want to allow his word to shape our life and to make a difference. Hope happens in our life when we're reflecting on the word of God and we're allowing it to get inside of us and change us and shape us and form who we are. That's what God's word does. But it goes beyond you just opening up the Bible reading app or taking that paper copy and reading through the Bible and saying, okay, I'm done with my few chapters for the day. I've read my section. No, it happens when you begin to reflect on scripture on what you've read, on what God's word says. You take it with you throughout your day. You don't just leave it there on the pages of that book or on the screen of your phone. You take it with you and you allow it to get inside of you and to shape you and form you. Hope enters your life when you begin to reflect on God's word and what he says. And so you start to take off for your day. You start to head on your way and you open up God's scripture and you read what he says about hope. You read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, where it says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And so while you're driving down the road, you have that in your mind. You're rehearsing that over and over again. God, if my hope is in you, Lord, my strength won't run out. God, I don't have to be weary. I don't have to be anxious, Lord. Your word says that I'm not going to faint or I'm not going to give up or throw in the towel, God. If my hope is in you, Lord, you're going to renew me. And so you're driving down the road and you're playing it over and over again in your mind. God, my hope is in you. Renew my strength today. God, what you've called me to do. Let me have the power and the boldness to do that. You're reflecting on God's word. You're in the shower, right? And you're washing your hair. If you're like Pastor Jason, you don't have as much hair to wash, okay, but you're doing whatever you do in the shower and you're reflecting on God's word. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. My hope for you or my prayer for you is that the God of hope may fill you with joy and peace and that you may be overflowing with that, with the hope of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you start to reflect on that. God, when my hope is in you, joy and peace is present there in my life. I'm not full of worry, God. I'm not full of despair or depression, God. Your joy is present inside of me why because once again my hope is in you and so you're reflecting on it you're rehearsing it you're in the bathroom even in the bathroom you guys you're not looking at facebook or instagram or playing angry birds you're taking those few moments you're stealing back moments in your day you're reflecting on what psalms chapter 31 verse 24 says take strength be strong take heart all you who hope in the lord and you're remembering that. You're rehearsing that. God, Lord, I can be strong in what you're calling me to do. God, I can be courageous in what you're calling me to do. Because it doesn't depend on my ability. It doesn't depend on my past or what I've done, or what I have or haven't accomplished. God, it depends on you. My hope is in you, Lord. And so I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be bold in what you're calling me to do. See, Elijah, that change happens when he begins to reflect on the word of the Lord when he begins to listen to what it is that God's spirit is saying, Elijah, I'm not done with you. I'm calling you to something. We open up God's scripture. We read that hope enters our life. We step out into hope when we begin to reflect on the word of God. The second thing is this. Elijah steps out into hope by bringing hope to others. He steps out into hope by bringing hope to others. As you continue to read this story, what it is that takes Elijah off the mountainside is what God has spoken. Hey, Elijah, it's not just about you. Your life could end at this point and maybe you're in a right relationship with God, but I need you for other people. I need you to go anoint Hazel King of Syria. I need you to go anoint Jehu, king of Israel. I need you to go anoint Elisha because whenever you in, whenever this life is over for you, Elijah, you're not going to be able to live forever. I need a prophet that's going to speak my word to my people. I need a prophet that's going to declare my word. See, he stepped out into hope whenever he realized he was called to bring hope to other people. He left that mountain. He left isolation. He left fear behind. And he began to walk in the power of God. He went and did what God spoke over his life. And you may be here this morning and you may say, Aaron, you know what? I'm not in a difficult time. I'm not fighting depression. This isn't really a hard time for me. God's still calling you to step out into hope. Does I guarantee you there's someone in your family, someone in your workplace who's struggling. Student, there's someone in your school, in that cafeteria or that classroom who Christmas is a very difficult time for them. And they're looking around, they're looking for hope in the midst of the noise, in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the chaos. Fear may have gripped their life and they're looking somewhere for hope. And God's calling you to step out into hope, for you to bring hope to people who are in a dark place, who are in a place of depression, who are in a place of fear, that you would take the story of Christmas, you would take what God has done and you would step out into hope by bringing hope to other people. See, who is it that God is calling you to go to? Who's that family member? Who's that coworker? Who is it that God this Christmas season is saying, hey, I'm calling you out, calling you to step out, calling you to share your story, what I've done in your life, the hope that you have this Christmas season. I'm calling you to not only hold that in for yourself, to not be alone, but to share that with other people. See, you and I, we have that challenge. Whether it's because of something we're going through, difficulty, fear in our life, God's calling us, step out into hope. Whether it's because he's placed you with people around you that need to see the light of Christ this holiday season, God's challenging you, step out into hope, church. Share it with other people that need to hear the message, that good news for everyone I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just want to ask if there's anyone here this morning. Maybe you would say, I don't have that hope in my own life. I don't never taken that really first step of stepping out and starting that relationship with God. And I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been trying to fix it by myself, my life. have been trying to do better on my own and, and I'm realizing this morning that I can't. And if that's you, Jesus is here. God's voice is here this morning inviting you into that relationship. It's not just in the big things, it's in the small things of God saying, I want to be close to you. I'm a God that's pursuing a relationship with people. I want to be near to you. He's here this morning offering you a fresh start. And if that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand and to come right up here to the front. I want to pray with you. The Word of God is very clear that we've all messed up. Sin has destroyed our relationship with God. That's the power of the Christmas story, that God sent His Son here on this earth to pay the price for your sin and for my sin, to give us a brand new start so that our relationship with God that had been destroyed could be restored. And if that's you, you're here this morning with no one looking around, but you're saying, I want that fresh start. I need God to come into my life and to fix my mistakes and to give me a brand new start. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I wanna pray for you. I'll wait just a moment, anyone at all. If God's speaking to you, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. there's no one here in that situation, then church, we're gonna close in prayer here this morning. And just wanna ask, right where you're at, if you would pray that God would help you to do that, to step out into hope. Whether it's something that you're going through, begin to take God's word and reflect on it. Ask his spirit to illuminate his word, to open up his word to you this week, that it would become more real than it's ever been in your life if you're in a good place, then ask God that you would step out into hope by bringing hope to others in your workplace, at your school, wherever he's placing you this week. Let's pray together this morning. God, thank you for this reminder from your word. Lord, we look at the life of Elijah, God, and, and the difficult thing that he was going through. You had done so much, but Lord, he was struggling. And God, you spoke to him. God, And, Lord, your word brought hope into his life. It brought clarity to what you were calling him to do. And I pray for anyone in this room this morning, God, that needs your hope. Maybe they've gone through a difficult time. Lord, this morning, God, speak life, speak hope into them. God, use your word this week, God, to bring joy, to bring peace to them through whatever they're going through, God. For those of us that have your hope, Lord, I'm asking this week, use us, God, in our schools, in our workplace, God, to step out and to bring hope to others, God, to be a light in the midst of a dark time in someone else's life, the Lord, that we would share the power of your word and that it would change others, God. We pray that. Help us to step into hope. Amen.